All right, everybody. The big day is finally here. It's the Fly Tires Rendezvous 2022. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, Thursday, February 17th from 6 to 9 p.m. at Lucette Brewing Company in Menominee, Wisconsin. Um, there'll be free pint of beer, root beer, goodies, giveaways for the attendees, um, and just all around good good hangs for everybody sponsored by Lucette Brewing Company, Lund's Fly Shop, and the Eau Claire Fly Tying Club, and also your partners at Brown Trout Bridge Beers, Muskie Fool, Chippewa River Custom Rod Company, Bam Bam Fly Guy, Wisconsin Fly Fishing Company, and the great Eau Claire Anglers. Again, it's the Fly Tying Rendezvous, February 17th, 2022, 6 to 9 p.m., at Lucette Brewing Company in Menominee, Wisconsin. I will be there. Um, I'll probably have some stickers on me. Come find me. Um, and uh, hope you guys can make it. You're listening to the Brown Trout and Bridge Beers Podcast. <laughs> oh, there it is. Um, all right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Brown Trout and Bridge Gears podcast. We have a um, Matt's here. Hi, say hi, Matt. And we have a returning guest uh, from Water Sabbath, Mr. Jake Keeler. Howdy, everybody. So, last time we had Jake on the show, uh, we were talking about a Ooh, thank you. That was perfect timing. Uh, we had uh, we were talking about a film project uh, that Water Sabbath was coming out, and unless you've been sleeping on social media, um, you may have seen some inklings that they're going to do the film premiere at the Great Waters Fishing Expo kind of up in here in March. So we wanted to get Jake back on, just talk a little bit about uh, what we can expect. Maybe, maybe he can give us a, give us a couple teasers, but, um, yeah, Jake, let us know what's going on and yeah. uh, what we can expect coming forward. Yeah. Happy to, to be back. Thanks for, for bringing us back on and talk a little about this. Um, yeah. So, so we've the filming's done, the, the artwork associated with it's done all the assets for social media websites, content, copy, all that sort of stuff got finished up. And so, now it's all about getting the film out to people and, and showing people what we did over the last, I don't know, year and a half, almost two years. So, so it's interesting because like we, just to give some context to the, to how we decided to do roll it out the way we did, we kind of debated, you know, how are we going to, you know, share this online? You know, how are we going to get it out there? And we looked at options like the uh, F3T as an option, but yep. that really didn't become a possibility because uh, the, they're the sort of what they're looking for in terms of like duration and, and content when our film didn't really work into that. So that was cool. So we went to um, the fly fish journal and actually asked them, you know, Hey, we'd love to work with you guys. And I've worked with them in the past and they're super cool people. And they were totally down. They, they were into the project. They really appreciated it. 
Uh, funny enough, Jeff Galbraith, who's the editor in chief uh, for the the parent company um, that owns Fly Fish Journal, he was familiar with Mike's uh, snowboard work. So, awesome. so yeah, so it was really good. I mean, it kind of you know it felt really natural, you know, like minded folks, and so we're going to actually be releasing it online through the fly fish journal. Um, so they're going to host it on their website and then, you know, they'll do the social media and then we'll do the social media and point back to their, their website. And because we kind of came up with this idea with them to release it in chapters, the, cause the film is about 20 minutes long almost. Okay. Um, but there are four distinct chapters in it and we, that was a deliberate effort. I mean, we made it that way. So what we're going to be doing is releasing like a teaser, on March, uh, yeah, look at my calendar. March fifteenth, Tuesday, and then we're going to start dropping chapters uh, every week after that. Okay. And then the final release online will be the full film. So by the time we release the full film, like ostensibly, people have seen all the different chapters, and we just thought that would be a cool way to like every week you get a new chapter. Yeah, absolutely. Four to six minutes long. Um, you know, and then you can see it in its totality at the end to kind of see the entire vision. Um, so it's cool. You know, it's a little bit different. Um, I don't think we had originally thought we would release it that way, but it was really cool to work with them and come up with this idea. And then everybody was stoked about it and it just works well for, for all parties. And, um, they're going to do, be doing a little extra. I won't give away what they're going to do, but they're going to do something cool along with it as well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel free to share that like, you know, this is a passion project for Mike and I and everybody that's been involved. So, you know, aside from paying the musicians, like a licensing fee, everybody's kind of been putting, you know, blood, sweat and tears into it. And, you know, so for the fly fish journal, they were just, they're just kind of helping us out. That's there's, you know, it's very, it's a very pure project in that sense. You know, it's just like, this is a cool thing. We want to share it with people. Um, you know, uh, hopefully folks respond to it well and, and people believe in it, but, uh, you know, that's the nice thing about this project is that, you know, we're under no obligation to promote a certain brand or, you know, a certain product or anything like that. Um, which is nothing wrong with that. It's just, it, it, it allowed us to be almost 100% creative with it and how we treated it. That's great. Um, yeah. And then, it, and then it was obviously like, we wanted to do an in-person premiere, right? And we figured at first we thought, oh, let's do like, let's do like Minneapolis. Let's do the St. Cloud area where Mike lives and where we're both from. And let's do something maybe on Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. Perfect. Right. And then it was just like uh, three events or should we just focus <laughs> on one event? You know, <laughs> pretty quickly we started narrowing and we just like, well, that's, that's a lot of work and it's, it's, it's going to cost us, which we were okay with, but like, so we just said, okay, let's just focus on one event. And then we kind of poked around and we thought, you know, do we want to do it in central Minnesota? Do we want to do it in the twin cities? And then we found a couple locations and we were looking at different ways to do it. And then, you know, it just kind of, obviously the light went off on my head is like, why don't we just contact the great waters fishing expo and see if they want to do it. Cause they do that film showcase on Saturday nights Yep. on the Saturday night. And I thought, you know, that's like the perfect venue. It's a theater. So the sound and image would be perfect. You know, it's, it's our core audience. Everybody's going to be super stoked. Um, you know, I'm already going to be there with, with Ted, Josh, and Charlie as a Minnesota fly fishing artist. So I'll already be showing the artwork associated with the film. Very cool. So, as, you know, so we reached out to Carl Hansel, you know, that runs that and he was totally down. He had been following it on social media and he was curious about it anyway. Mm-hmm. 
So again, he was just like, yes, let's do this. Let's make it happen. So it was just, again, it was one of these nice things where I think our instincts paid off, right? Okay. We're working with people we know, they, you know, similar goals again, like, um, and it worked out well, we're going to help Carl a little bit, putting the showcase together and collect, you know, getting the other videos together and putting it together. So it's very much a communal idea, right? Like, um, so yeah, super stoked. That'll be like, and that'll actually be on the 19th. So the people that go to that film showcase, which you can buy a separate ticket, I believe just for the showcase, if you want to. Yep. And then the expo is a separate thing. But uh, they'll they'll have access to see it in its t- entirety before anybody else, you know, because the actual full film and even the chapter releases won't happen until after the 19th. So so that's kind of cool. Too. It kind of worked out well that the people that get to see it in person kind of get the reward to see it, you know, before anybody else does. That's that's awesome. So, yeah, if if you guys are interested, if you go to the Great Waters there's a film showcase link that you can go and they'll give you a little bit of a description. And then from there, you can go to buy tickets and they've got a few different events you can buy tickets for, but the film showcase, I think it's five bucks. Um, I highly recommend going there sooner rather than later, because I know the past few years when the film showcase was running, they sell out. You can't, typically are not going to be able to get them that day or even the day before. So do yourself a favor, go buy one for you and your buddy because your buddy's going to forget and then you can charge them double. And then hey, did you get them. my ticket yet, Grant? I know. I got my tickets. <laughs> I'm going to call Charlie Forbes on this because I think the last two years I bought him a ticket because I knew he would forget. <laughs> like, and he'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> be like, I, I remember being at the Expo tie-in a few years ago and we're all like running around going to boost. Like, you guys got an extra ticket? You yeah. have an extra ticket? Just trying yeah, to find one to get in. It, every year that happens and it, but it's, you know, it's kind of like, you don't think about it. And then by the time you get to Saturday, you're just like so stoked because you've been around your friends for the past couple of days and you're like, and there's like beer and food there. And you're yeah. thinking like, of course I want to go. Like, why wouldn't I go? And then you right. like, yeah. buy a ticket. Yeah. Yes. Well, buy a ticket early. Yeah. That's sure. the fun part. You get to typically you get to go yell at a screen and see people that, you know, unlike the yeah. fly fishing film tour where you just totally. scream at a screen and you don't typically don't know the people on the screen. So this is a little bit more of an intimate view of, of what's going around the twin cities too. hundred percent. Yeah. That's awesome. So, and, and you mentioned you're going to be showing your art there too, that was related yeah. to this project. So what can we expect to see if you can give us a little bit of a preview of the pieces that you generated yeah. for, for the show? Yeah. So I did a, I did four pieces, um, one for each chapter. And, um, the first one spark is the first chapter is a little bit different. It's kind of like what you might expect to see from me, like from recent works with like the demon dudes holding fish and that whole thing. So it's kind of like where my mind was at when this whole project started. And then the other three grind joy and search are much more like directly related to content from the actual film. So like grind, the the second chapter is all about the brule and steelhead. Right. So you look at it, you'd be like, Oh, totally. Like, the two, there's a spay rod or a switch rod. There's a steelhead. You know, it's like the colors and everything relate to that chapter. The third chapter, Joy, is all about Central Minnesota smallmouth, like on the Mississippi and Sauk River and some other places. 
so it's like there's a small mouth and the colors are brighter and it looks more kind of summerish. And then um, the fall was up on the North Shore. Um, we fished uh, a couple lakes up there and fished the Minnesota Brule. Um, and so like the, the imagery from there matches um, the imagery from the film. So, yeah. So, and those three pieces are big, they're like 30 inches by 30 inches, really big, really detailed. So um, I'm, ex I'm super excited to show it to people so they can see it firsthand. I, and we're getting prints, a limited run of prints of, of all those pieces. Those will be for sale at, um, at the expo and then I'll have them, we'll have them online as well for sale, but awesome. Yeah. It's, and it's a little bit different for me because like the first one spark is how I typically work where I'm just like inspired by imagery or what I'm doing. And it's not really a direct correlation to something I've done or seen. Um, it's like amalgamation, if you will, of, of things. But then like the other three are like, no, this is, a, this is about that place, that time, the subject matter within that chapter. So that was a bit different for me to work. So, so much more deliberately. Is that harder for you to work that way? Yeah, it is a challenge. Yeah, it's a great question. I, I, it is for me because I feel like I'm, I have to stick to a script a little bit. You know, the parameters for the piece kind of get narrower. Um, it makes the decisions of like what I'm going to draw, like the subject matter quicker. So I'm like, well, it's, if it, if it was about smallmouth fishing, I'm going to put a smallmouth in it. Yeah. And here are the colors and it's about summer. So summer colors, but then I, you know, those pieces take so long to finish that at some point during that creation, it just feels like, ugh, you know, like work. Yeah. It feels like work. It feels like, it feels like a grind. It is a grind. Cause like you're, you're no longer like noodling around, you know, I, I suppose like the, the closest thing I can uh, equate it to in fly fish is like when you're tying a pattern, and you're like, you really want to like throw a little extra bit into the recipe. You know, you're like, ah, oh, what if I tied it with this? Or what if I tied it with that? And what if I did eight of them, but like they all were a little bit different and you're like, yeah, but this one is the one that works. So I really should do eight exactly the same. But then at some point you're just like, it's assembly line, you know, and maybe you start yeah. to lose that fire that you had initially to create the first one. How many... <laughs> How many hours typically would you say went into each one of those pieces? Um, if I just, if I took out all the decision-making that wasn't actually mark making. So if it was just like the physical component, it's probably like 10 hours a piece. Okay. You know, if you went straight for 10 hours and you just like did it all. So I, they take a long time because I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a full-time artist yet. Um, so I have a day job, right? So, yep. you know, I have evenings and weekends to work on my art. And then, of course there's only a little bit of that to, to use. So, you know, usually on the weekends, I might try to put in a few hours, but you know, I'm bouncing around to several pieces and I might go like a week or even a week, two weeks without even touching them because I just can't get to them. Um, All right. and, I, and I'm a firm believer too. Like sometimes you just have to grind it out, but you gotta be in the right mindset both uh, mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you can just make some really crappy work. It's just exactly, it's just like fly tying, you know, it's just, if you're not in it and you're not concentrating or for whatever reason, you're going to tie a bunch of shitty flies. And then it's like, Oh, great. I spent, you know, how many hours doing this and I didn't get what I wanted. So. 
Yeah, they all look like tarp flies. <laughs> just a just, just a, a box of moth like flies. Yeah, just, just a moth with little tiny hands. <laughs> and just creepy. Just overall okay. creepy flies. Smell like that's why I tie bigger flies, man. I I I bought some stuff for like to tie some like um some kind of like uh soft tackles and some wet flies, you know, and I'm like, uh-huh. oh god, I'm like these are so small. <laughs> Not that small, but like I'm like, and I gotta do like eight of the same thing, you know, because that's yeah. my early season program. But I'm like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna force myself to do it. Yeah, I did that a few winters ago. I forced myself to tie straight pheasant tails for uh, weeks. I don't know how many dozens I tied until I could finally just do it and not have to think about it anymore. And man, did my, I was like, I can't, I can't tie one more of these. Just (laughs) now I've probably have enough pheasant tails last me. Well, a couple of weeks of fly fishing, at least the way I hang up in trees, but it was, uh, yeah, it's a grind at times. It is. It is. All right. With, um, so with the film, is there any, so there's the four different chapters. Is there any little sweet nuggets you can drop us what we can expect to see in each of the chapters? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely Midwest focused, right? I think last time I was on here, I talked about, you know, it was a conscious decision to keep it within like, it's it none of none none of these are, uh, uh, you know, more than a three, four hour drive from where we live. Right. It's all, it's the Brule in Wisconsin. It's the Brule in Minnesota and up on the North shore and it's the central Minnesota. So it's, it's, it's highly localized. Right. And that was on purpose. I mean, we could have gone far afield. We had, we mapped this project to be, you know, filmed over at least a whole season, if not longer. So it's not like we couldn't have gone out to the West coast or down to the keys or done something more expansive, but we wanted to keep it, you know, about local, you know, kind of like water that's in your backyard, so to speak. So, yeah, I mean, the other, the other part of it, I think that's going to be a bit different for people that are, that are curious about, it, especially as people are going to like F3T in the coming weeks, or they might be going out to the inter the international film uh, festival over at river falls on yep. March 5th, 4th, I'll be out there as well. But, um, it's going to look a little different and it's, we showed it to the fly fish journal. I've shown us some people in the industry and they're like, Oh my God, this, this is different. This is literally a different type of film. And I think it's because, you know, there's no grip and grins throughout the entire film. Um, I think you see fish occasionally, but it's always like when you're handling it and we keep them wet and like, you know, it's just briefly, it's not, it's, it's, it's a lot of about the scenery, about the mood, um, the way that we, used music was much more, I think, far more deliberate than other films. And in, in that we, we were very conscious about the artists that we worked with and the music that we chose. And it's like, it ties in directly to the film, I think a little bit more, um, consciously and deliberately. Uh, yeah, I think I, and, and we kept the dialogue down. There's not a, there's not a, there's me talking a little bit in the front and the end, and then that's it. It's just, and there's a little bit of ambient dialogue that goes out throughout the film, but like, I I like it to think of it. It's more like a piece of art, you know, I mean, it's sort of like, hopefully it's entertaining and it's, you know, it's beautiful and it's fun to watch, but it's to be absorbed, you know, and, and, and for each viewer to take away what they want from it versus like something more prescriptive or something like, 
you know, we went on this epic trip to, you know, this atoll way out here and, and, you know, it tells the story of the journey and that's all very cool the, and stuff, but. The cookie cutter flight. Yeah, film. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, we just like, that's not what we want to do. And that's not what we're about. And, and I, I think that like, we're trying to build something with this too, you know, like we wanted to, I mean, for both Mike and I, A, it's a springboard for me as an artist to tell my story, but you know, for Mike, it's, it's to show what he can do as a filmmaker in a, in a genre where we felt like there was, there was room for disruption. There was room for a new vision. There was room for some new ideas. And so we're already working on the second film, you know, it'll be called probably something else, obviously, but uh, working with three different people within the fly fishing community in this area in the Midwest. And, and, but again, telling stories about them and, and just doing it in a different way, you know, um, approaching the subject matter in a little bit different way and giving our kind of vision to it. And hopefully that hopefully it's refreshing, right? Yep. Hopefully it resonates with people, not just because it's um, it stands out because it's not like the other stuff, but because they're like, Oh, you know what? I, I dig this. This is more my speed. Can you talk a little talk at all about the future project or is that yeah, pretty hush hush? No, it's, it's, it, well, I'll say this. It's three individuals. One's from the twin cities. One's from Northern Wisconsin and one's from St. Cloud. <laughs> Maybe Mike would give you the names, but I don't want to, I don't want to spill the beans yet. You've probably seen some stuff like Mike was on social media talking about a session with uh, Luke Kavachetz. And he's the yep. one from Northern Wisconsin, but we want, you know, we want everybody in there is, is basically the three subjects are all like, they're all doing shit in fly fishing. They're kind of got their names out there and all that. But like, more importantly, they have other stuff that makes them interesting. You know, yeah. in Luke's case, I didn't even know this about Luke, but he's like, he's regarded as like one of the best, like uh, Lake Superior surfers out there. That's crazy. That's that's the guy, you know. Yeah, you know, and then turns out that's he's into surfing, you know, and surfing Lake Superior. And I was like, that in itself is so rad that I could watch a whole film on that alone. So trying to find people that like kind of taking what we did with me, where it's like there's fly fishing, but then there's others, there's this other aspect to the to the subject matter that makes it interesting and where the two intersect. So we're going to kind of stick with that theme a little bit, but um, I don't know, you know, just let, let the film talk for itself. I think that's a big thing with Mike is that he just lets the imagery tell the story Yeah. versus trying to like, you know, overdub a bunch of like, and here, this is what you're looking at. And this is the struggle of this person. And it's just like <laughs> bunch of cutaway interviews. Yeah. You know, you're just like, oh, I know maybe put it in the copy. If right. people want to read that. <laughs> And just, just let the film do the, be a film, you know, just let the moving images be moving images and tell their own story. And are awesome. you, uh, are you helping out on the project then too? kind of helping like on a producer kind of level side? Exactly. Of yeah. Okay. So this role, obviously I'll be more from a production copywriting scripting, that, that sort of thing. Um, which is something I obviously did on this project, you know, quite a bit, but, um, my, I got a background in that. I used to do uh, a call. I don't know if we've ever talked about this uh, show called Brewing TV that I used to okay. do for a company oh, yeah. that I used to, to work with. I was in it. I was one of the hosts of it, but I did a lot of the scripting, writing a lot of the the stories and stuff. And we did like something like 70 episodes. Oh, wow. Um, so, oh, wow. Okay. 
Yeah. So it's, it's cool to get back in that vein, you know, like how do you tell a story through film or video? Um, how do you line up, you know, and inter- I love when you get to talk to people and like, they start telling you stuff about themselves that they think is not important. You're like, Holy shit, that's really important. And then you kind of show that to them. You're like, dude, that is actually really cool. Like we're going to talk about that. And they're like, really? And you're like, yes, <laughs> like people <laughs> would want to know about that. Yeah. Um, that's super fun. So I'm, I'm hoping we can do that in this next one is like, you know, give some exposure to three, you know, fantastic people that are doing cool shit and get, get their name out there, but also, provide something that that is compelling to viewers. Right. And, and they find entertaining as well. Do you guys uh, figure probably another couple of year timeline on the next project? We actually want to, we want to, I think with this next one, what we're going to do, we haven't set it in stone yet, but I think we might do like do one, finish it and do them a little quicker. So like there'll be a more like a series, you know? Okay. And, and, you know, get, get the turnaround on, on the production and try to do them. And maybe we might sit on all three and then release all three as a series or, you know, release them as they're finished. I'm not sure yet, but yeah, I think now that we have kind of a a game plan and we're, you know, we learned a lot through this project, obviously our turnaround time is going to be probably a lot quicker. Um, And we'll probably do other things with like, you know, we might actually look for sponsors and we might actually look for, you know, some financial support to, to, to do the projects. But, you know, it's one of those things where you have to like, I can't go to a company and say, Hey, could you fund this project? And I have no evidence of what I could do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You just, you should just trust me. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. (laughs) Now we've got a film that we can say, well, we did this. Now we want to do this you know, you can, you know what to expect and then we've got a proof of concept, so to speak. So well, I know Brown Trout Bridge Beers would be happy to fund some uh, cases of hams uh, nice. during the production process. <laughs> yeah. And I heard, uh, you know, possibly we could even come cook hot dogs. Uh, Matt, Matt's a pretty, uh, we'll be the catering crew. Yeah. We'll be the Dude, catering. That would be, yeah. We'll be your craft, be like, craft services is going to be hot dogs and lukewarm hams off the tailgate of a truck. That's a huge yeah. upgrade. We had a, we had a definite lack of, of beverages and, and, and food throughout the year and a half of filming. <laughs> so that would be a massive upgrade. I would, I would welcome any and all of that. So yeah, after we can, we can make that happen after all, <laughs> all the time and stuff spent with Mike who, Thanks a lot, Mike, for coming yeah. on the podcast. Uh, you guys still friends? Oh yeah, <laughs> we are. You know, we've never been closer. And and awesome. That is an awesome question because, like, you know, I have been in collaborative projects that you kind of leave it, and you're just you're you're actually really happy when it's done mm-hmm. because you're just kind of like, okay, this has just been this hasn't been what I thought it was going to be. I just want to wash my hands of it. Um, when you have these kind of projects where you're like, God, what's the next thing we can do? That's, that's when you know that it's worked. And, you know, we had our moments of disagreements and, um, but it was always constructive, right? It was about like how best to handle something or how best to do something. But, um, yeah, I, boy, and I'm sure you guys deal with this too, right? Like when you find somebody that you can actually work with where you don't feel like that collaboration is a chore, but you bounce off each other and you kind of, you fill in the gaps for the other person. 
That's awesome. That's, I feel like, I feel like that's a rare thing, right? So when you find it, you got to kind of do something with it. You're almost like an obligation. Like you got to make something. You got to do something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're sitting on a bridge at 3 a.m. drinking beers. You're like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. we, we should do something constructive with our we had all kinds of, time. We had all kinds of awesome ideas and this is the only one that anything came of. <laughs> we're we're getting there. We've got hats. And we've got stickers. We're getting there. <laughs> it all starts somewhere, right? Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. Like, a lot of times, you know, you just, you got to put that work in and the groundwork. And then, you know, sometimes it takes off right away. Sometimes it takes off when you don't expect, you know, I will say this, um, the early response, the people we've shown the film to has been like really, really positive. Right. And, you know, we were, I was worried about that, you know, cause I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like it's me for 20 minutes, you know? Right. Like, and um, yeah, that, that's got me really excited. I'm, I'm so stoked to rip, to get it out there, you know, like to actually share it and be like, are people going to, you know, like I, I foresee this, like at the showcase, like when it ends, are people going to cheer or are we going to get like a, I might have to like tune up Charlie and be like, dude, you gotta like go hype man. You gotta hype man. (laughs) I need a hype man, exactly. (laughs) Bring your green. He needs to do like the upside down 50 cent move, like in a door frame or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Just hype it up. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I have, I have no idea what it looks like, but I'm excited. And worst case scenario, I'll start this little clap at the end of the, at the, <laughs> nice. end of the show if I need to, I'll, I'll stand up and make that. I'll make look over you and be like, come on, come on. Just give me the nod <laughs> and I'll, I'll start the slow clap. Give him the elbow, wake him up. <laughs> that might be just because of too many hams throughout the expo day, but we'll, we'll see about that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I'm looking, you know, I'm looking forward to the next project, even though I haven't even seen the first project yet, but, um, yeah, you know, it's going to be cool. All the videos I've seen Mike do and any of that content that, you know, you've yeah. been part of and throughout your art and everything like that. I know I'm always excited to see the new stuff and I even, I even enjoy seeing the old stuff. I've seen a thousand times, like walking into Bob Mitchell's fly shop and <laughs> yeah. seeing, you know, the muskie on the wall. Every time I look at that or dangerous man, you know, yeah, the big, yeah. the big gar in the wall. And I'm like, yes. Yep. Yeah. So very I much looking that. forward to yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I, like I said, I, I, I hope people dig it. You know, I mean, I think Mike is an amazing videographer. I think he's, a, he's got such a great eye. He's just like, amazingly talented and the fact that he's going to, you know, lean into fly fishing that, you know, he's obviously a very avid fisherman himself, deer fisherman, but like the fact he's going to lean into our world, I feel kind of like sweet, you know, like we need more people like that with different, a different eye and a different vision, you know, who don't feel beholden to any of the kind of like, like, as you said, Matt, you know, cookie cutter, they're just like, fuck that. I got my own thing and I'm just going to do it. You know, it's exciting to think about where it takes the whole community, you know? So yeah, it'll definitely be everything will change after this, I think. Yeah. Also, it, it so can, I have to, I have to step up. And, yeah. Step up the game for sure. Right. 
Um, has uh, has Mike gotten fly curious at after all this filming of fly stuff, or is he still like, I just want my bait caster? Yeah, he wants his bait caster, dude. Is which I totally respect. I mean, the guy yeah. is like, you know, he's a really good fisherman, and like he he knows who he is, and he knows what he likes, and yeah, yeah. Um, it's fun though. We fished together as much as we filmed. Like he would always bring his rod and once we got the, sh- the shots we, we wanted, you know, we would just fish together, you know, and it was, it's, it, I gotta say, this is something really cool. It would be, you know, this would be like a sweet episode is like, like fishing with a bait caster, like a gear guy on the same water is so fascinating because like you approach it differently. You look at it a little bit differently. They can clearly do things that we can't as fly fishermen mm-hmm. and we can do things that they can't. Yeah. Like I can get like a, you know, like a gurgler or like something really delicate into a super shallow spot where maybe there's a bass roaming around, not spook it. Yeah. Whereas he's got like this big freaking, you know, I don't know, like some chugger thing that sits on the top water. And as soon as it hits the water, the thing, you know, takes off. Yep. So it's super interesting to see how like, oh, I see where the, like the fly fishing actually is the preferred method. And then there's plenty of other instances where it's like, when we got late in the season in August, I was just like, fuck this. I can't get down deep enough. Like there's not enough water. And he was just like, you throw on some huge jig, you know, like crayfish jig and yep. be pulling up hogs. And I was like, well, I just can't do that. I'm just going to watch you fish. I don't have that bag of tricks. I don't have that bag of tricks. <laughs> I think fishing with, with gear people, they look at the water different, even though the fish, you know, live in, you know, they, that's where they live, but they look, they see holes that I think uh, fly fishermen don't see and, and probably vice versa. You know, they, they would probably walk past something that looks skinny and, you know, little turbid on top of the water. Whereas we're like, that's the money spot. I mean, they're all hanging in there, but yeah. they walk right past it. And then they, they look at a bank and see one little tiny hole that, you know, it'd, it'd be kind of hard to get a fly in there. Cause there's a branch over the top mm-hmm. of it. And, and they just whiz it in there and boom, they got fish. So yeah. yeah, I think it's always, it's always helpful to fish with people who, who fish different than you. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Cause he was like, he was always wanting to go like more so, you know, work upstream. And I was like, well, I have to like, I've got to like swing, put a mend in and then like strip it. I want it to be going, you know, downstream and to be like, Oh, well it's because like when you throw your jig out, it goes straight and then it goes straight down. Yep. If I throw mine out, it gets caught in the current and it starts floating back and I've got this slack line on the top and I'm like, it just doesn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree, Matt. Like it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And, um, it's fun. Like he actually had some, I mean, he caught some epic fish. Um, I'm sure while we were fishing, especially on this one small river that he grew up on and it was insane. It was like 20 inch smallmouth, just like 12 of them just sitting on the bottom of this hole. And I just could not get down to him. And he was just like, mm, he let it sink. And like, it was just like one after another. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. That, that's great, Mike. <laughs> that's how I feel about uh, gear guy. Gear guys that go like trout fishing, so using like those little tungsten like hair jigs. Yeah, and you know you've been out trout fishing. You see some of these big, big buckets out of the bottom of these runs or big corner pools. You're like, 
there is nothing that I could ever do to get yeah. a fly down there. And they just throw upstream into that bucket and they're like, bam. And here comes an 18 inch brown. Like it was their oh. job. They're like, I knew it was there. I was like, oh, yeah, so I want to try it. But yeah. I, <laughs> I just can't I, get there. Dude, every year I'm like, I need to go buy a new spinning rod and I need to go buy a set of maps and clip the barbs or you know, or what I've done, I did this once on the willow and I was like, I know there's big trout here. I've caught a couple, but like, I, I want to find where they are. So I just brought a bobber and worms and I just, every those deep and dude, I caught so many and I didn't count them, you know, cause I was like, well, that's, you know, whatever. But I was like, I know you're there now. Yeah. <laughs> now I'll come back for you later. <laughs> I had to test my theory, but I know you're there now, but yeah, I'm, I'm like, there's this, what you know, you guys know that spot on the rush down from Stonehammer and you go walk in and you go around that corner and there's a massive deep pool. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like super deep and there's a couple of just absolutely trophy trout on the oh, bottom yeah. of that. I've seen them swimming around and like, there is no way I've tried every single way to get a fly down into that and just cannot. And I, every year I'm like, Oh, let's man. bring it cooler some lawn chairs I know. <laughs> bucket of worms and let's just like, watch it happen i just want to see it happen i just you know like it's it i just have to catch like one of them just to just to confirm that like okay i knew it was there it's there cool we're good <laughs> oh yeah i mean last last tuesday uh took my daughter out because she can go to daycare i was like well i've got a nine foot ultralight for like pan pan fishing yeah. So took that out with like those little trout magnets that Joe Smelly screams about. I was like, Oh yeah, I'll take the spin gear out because it's just easier with a tiny human on your back. And we caught trout and I was like doing doing the stuff that I was like, I've always wondered if I could get a fly in there. I was like, just yeah. dunk it in dead drift it. Oh, there's a trout. I was like, all right, let's move on to the next one. Cause I know there's like probably 20 more sitting down in there, but oh, man, we, we, I swear to God, we just, we work so hard to make it so difficult. That's yeah. But you know, that's what we love to do. Oh, absolutely. It absolutely. Fun. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, before you had mentioned, so, um, so there's the film premiere yep. Saturday night, and then you'll be at the expo Saturday and Sunday with the Minnesota fly fishing artists. Yeah, I'll be there, I think, Friday. So Friday, Friday. starts. So Friday, okay. Saturday, Sunday with Minnesota Fly Fishing Artists. We we do a booth. We've been doing that for the last, I guess, three expos. Um, so yeah, it'll be myself, Ted Hansen, Josh DeSmith, and Charlie Forbes. And he'll be tattooing again. So if you want to get a fish tattoo, you know, you might want to think about that. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll be there all three days. I'll be hanging out. Um, so... Yeah, if if people come by, I'd love to talk about the project or talk about fly fishing. I am so pumped to see people and yep. get out and talk shop. Yeah, that'll be great. And just just for the listeners, I'll do a quick run through of what I can grasp out of schedule. Looks like it starts about 1.30 on Friday. And again, you can go to greatwatersexpo.com, get tickets. You can probably get tickets at the door too, but it's always easy to go online and get that stuff. Also Friday night, it um, looks like the fly fishing women of Minnesota are putting on kind of a social between six 30 and 10 o'clock. I think that is also a separate ticket 
that you would buy um, from the website that you can go to. Sounds like a great, great place to just, I don't know, talk trout, talk fly fishing, have a couple of beers, like-minded people. And then, yeah, Saturday, um, Saturday kicks off early, 9.30, I believe. Uh, everything gets going so you can get in the doors. And then again, go and buy your tickets ahead of time for the film showcase so that you can see water sabbath featuring the one and only jay keeler um and then sunday if you can get out of bed it'll roll again so you know (laughs) go check go check out all the fun stuff we'll put links and stuff in the show notes um and some other links and things like that but and if you can't make it if you can't make it to the expo uh oh yeah film will be released through who, Jake? Uh, Five Fish Journal. So we'll be putting out the uh, teaser through the Five Fish Journal, their social media channels, and on their website come March. <laughs> look again, March 15th. So Tuesday, March 15th. And then we'll be dropping uh, uh, four chapters and then the final film. So there'll be five drops after that um, every Tuesday after March 15th. So kind of through March and through April we'll drop those chapters through the fly fish journal. So yeah, once that comes out, you can watch it online, but it's going to kind of drip for right. six weeks. Yeah. Awesome. And every, everybody will be putting out when a new chapter comes out. Oh, for sure. Media. Yeah. Yeah. You want to follow. Hard to find. Absolutely. Mike and I'll be doing it through our channels, through water Sabbath on Instagram. So it'll, it'll be easy to find. We'll make sure that, you know, if you're into fly fishing, you'll definitely see it. Right. So if you don't make it to the expo, you can still see uh, the film. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then be sure to, uh, I'm sure, check out Jake's Etsy page and I'm sure you can find some of the prints that'll be coming off yeah. uh, for the project as well. Um, if you see a couple that you like on the at the expo, you can check them out there and then uh, go buy some support, support the local artists. So, yeah, for sure. All righty. Well, thanks again, Jake. Awesome. I appreciate it. Look forward yeah. to seeing you at the expo. Thanks, Jake. And uh, Matt, I'll, I'll buy your tickets tomorrow morning. <laughs> I appreciate it, buddy. Good deal. All right. Thanks, Jake. Bet. Thanks. We'll see ya.